It is Friday. Hey, you made it through the week, so did I. There's a reason I wasn't here yesterday or the day before. And I'm going to tell you in a minute, but you're going to appreciate it. Trust me. Okay, but first I want to start with the breaking news. We've just learned something really big um, regarding that murder at the University of Georgia. So it's been fast and furious, right? This young, uh, you know, nursing student goes out running, as we all should be able to do, broad daylight, nine-ish in the morning, running on campus, and then her roommate uh, says she's just not, not back. I'm worried. Calls 911, and within hours we have a crime scene, and we have a body. And there are some things that we have discovered tonight that... Um, Tell a story and leave a lot of questions. Lake and Riley, innocent, should be with us tonight, should be watching this show. Instead, her family is grieving, and the man that they have hauled in, well, let me just tell you, we discovered something about him tonight. You're going to find out in just a moment. Brian Enton is on the scene. That's coming. The, the list of charges as well is just sort of this shocking story with a lot of questions also. And then we're going to talk about one of the biggest celebrities in wrestling, but also in Hollywood. I'm not talking The Rock. I think I'm even talking bigger. John Cena. Like, my kids love this guy. I love it. I met this guy in Washington, D.C. I mean, he is a really big, big deal. Huge deal. 13-time WWE champion. The guy is loaded. So famous, so successful. He's on the talk show circuit right now promoting his latest, you know, movie. And it turns out Howard Stern got him to say some things. He's supporting Vince McMahon. And um, you're going to have to just hear you're going to have to just hear it for yourself. Because in a time when things are falling away from Vince McMahon at a volcanic rate, um, seeing John Cena come out to support Vince McMahon and say, you know, he loves him like a friend is big. So we're going to tell you about the details. You're going to hear what he has to say, all that coming in a moment. Now, I told you I was off for the last two nights, right? And that there's a really good reason for it. Um, when you go to prison, like I did yesterday, it takes time to get in there and get cleared and get searched and all that. And I had to go through all that with my team because I was not going in as an inmate. I was going in to interview an inmate and not just any inmate, a very high profile inmate. Drew Peterson, who has been locked away in a maximum security for more than a decade, uh, sat down with me yesterday, and we talked for a couple of hours. And he is a shadow of his former self. Let's just say right there, I just couldn't believe how much he's changed. Gone is the dark hair. He's now basically balding with a spray of, of gray shadow. Um, he now walks with a cane and struggled mightily uh, when he actually got up from the seat across from me. Um, if you uh, remember Drew's name and you remember his face, but you just can't keep the crimes straight, you should be forgiven because he went to prison uh, for decades for murdering his third wife. But this fourth wife there, Stacy Peterson, disappeared, and we have never found her. 
Never found her. Lots of people suspect that he murdered her. But there's never been a body and there's never been a case against him. So he insists up and down. He is innocent of everything, including that four decades that he got in prison for orchestrating the murder of the prosecutor who put him away. Oh, there's that. But something happened during our interview. And I'm telling you guys, I, I actually... You're going to have to be the judge. But I think he just confessed to everything. All that is, uh, is coming ahead this hour. And um, also, lots more Drew Peterson is ahead, too. Let's start with the breaking news, though. It only took one day. But the police say they have their man. Just tonight, authorities in Athens, Georgia, announcing that they arrested and charged a suspect in the murder of that nursing student who went for a run on campus yesterday and never made it home. Her name was Lakin Hope Riley. There she is, nursing student, prime of her life. She went jogging almost every morning on the University of Georgia campus, but her roommate got very worried when Lakin had not uh, returned back by noon, so she called the police, and it didn't take them long before they found Lakin's body. She was in the woods near Lake Herrick by the East Campus intramural fields. A little over 24 hours later, 26-year-old Jose Antonio Ibarra, was arrested. Police say he is from Venezuela and that he is not a U.S. citizen. They said they didn't know his immigration status, but I got news for you. Big news. News Nation has tracked it all down. And Brian Enton is going to join me in just a moment with that bombshell revelation. Ibarra has no known affiliation with the University of Georgia, nor with Lakin Riley, the murder victim. Police say this killing this brutal, senseless, horrifying murder was, in fact, a crime of opportunity. They arrested this guy in his apartment less than a mile from where Lakin's body was found. Here's the University of Georgia police chief just a couple of hours ago. We have a suspect in custody for Lakeland's murder. We are obtaining arrest warrants for Jose Antonio Ibarra. 26 years of age. He lives here in Athens, but is not a U.S. citizen. He has been charged with the following, malice murder, felony murder, aggravated battery, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, kidnapping, hindering a 911 call, and concealing the death of another. He will be transported to the Clark County Jail. We have also searched, uh, served a search warrant on his apartment and continue to collect evidence. The evidence is robust. It is supported by key input from the community, physical evidence, and expert police work. Importantly, we were assisted by video footage from our campus security cameras networks, which proven vital in many cases. At this time, the, the investigation suggests that they had no relationship. Uh, he did not know her at all. Um, I think this was a crime of opportunity uh, where he saw an individual um, and uh, bad things happened. Chief said three to four people were taken in for questioning, but that only Ibarra faces the charges. 
Investigators say the killer used blunt force trauma to take his victim. And that this was the first homicide on the UGA campus in decades. Now, News Nation has actually traced it back to 41 years since there was a murder on that campus. The police chief said tonight that there is no longer a threat to the community, but that the investigation's far from over. Case in point, teams from several agencies have been in Ibarra's apartment. In fact, there, right now, searching for evidence. And that's where our Brian Enton is standing by live tonight. Brian, before we get to the, the activity um, in the apartments behind you, there is some big news on the immigration status that News Nation has tracked down. Tell me. Yeah, there is. It was sort of left open-ended at the press conference because the chief just said that Ibarra was not a U.S. citizen and that he believed he uh, had come here from Venezuela. But News Nation's Ali Bradley, who was our border correspondent, has confirmed with her sources that Ibarra was, in fact, in the United States illegally. Uh, her sources confirmed that Ibarra crossed the border uh, in September of 2022, uh, crossed over in El Paso, uh, and that he was released due to a lack of detention space uh, and somehow ended up right here, living right where I'm standing uh, in Athens, Georgia. Homeland Security Investigations, um, ICE, they were part of the arrest today because he is here uh, illegally. Of course, though, he will still be tried uh, in this county. He will be in the county jail. He'll go through the normal process. Uh, but because uh, he was here illegally and had crossed the border, uh, the, uh, the ICE authorities are also now part of the process. Well, if they, if they find him guilty, he's never leaving America. He got his wish. Um, he will stay in incarceration, uh, fr probably toe-tag parole till he dies, unless... Georgia, as I recall, has the death penalty um, unless they decide to, to seek the death penalty in, in this particular case. I, the list of charges, I'm going to go over it in a minute and what those charges actually mean, because there's a lot of aggravators that can be tied into those charges. Um, but tell me about the, the activity in the apartments. Like what? That's a lot of agencies. Like I think the Homeland Security Investigations, Georgia Bureau of mm. Investigations, Clark County Police, Student Police, and then the feds as well um, involved and ICE. So... Who's, who is searching the apartments, and have you seen them bringing anything out? Yeah, and by the way, I wanted to remind you, we're waiting on a mugshot. We're hoping to get a mugshot. We're told we're going to get a mugshot, so as soon as we get it, we'll bring it to you right away. But you mentioned the apartment complex. I'm going to step out of the way um, about a mile from where uh, her body was found, and there is still activity tonight. You've got police out here tonight, mostly Georgia Bureau uh, of, in, uh, of Investigations. The agents are out here. Um, going in and out of several different apartments. It's unclear which one was his. Uh, they've been talking to people out here. And what was interesting, Ashley, and we've got video of this. We watched them do this all day. They went to dumpster after dumpster after dumpster. And then they went to trash cans even across the street um, at the gas station and at the bus stop. And they were opening up, you see right here, uh, they were opening up the trash bags and looking very, very carefully in every single trash bag. So there is something that they were looking for. They also looked in the hedges. It wasn't like just one of those searches where they're sort of just broadly searching for something. It was very clear they were looking, I think, for something specific, uh, which, which could be very interesting. Could be a murder weapon, could be clothing. I mean, they found him so quickly. Uh, they said they used, you know, surveillance cameras. And I would imagine if you can find somebody that quickly, you can basically just do the popcorn trail 
every camera that he appears on and leaves is picked up by the next. And maybe along the way he ditched clothing or a murder weapon, allegedly, if he's the killer. Um, but I, did they did they take all of the garbage with them? Because I saw them pulling it out. I saw them opening bags. But did they actually collect all that garbage and, and in every one of those dumpsters and garbage cans and take it with them? No, they didn't. They, that's why I think they were looking for something specific, because they were going through... Uh, the garbage bags, but then when they didn't see what they were looking for, they actually put it all back in the bag and then put it right back into the dumpster. All right, so again, I just want to reiterate as we do this interview, the, the, uh, the breaking news is that the man they arrested, Jose Antonio Ibarra, is in fact in the United States illegally from Venezuela. He crossed over the border at El Paso. He uh, was arrested September 2022 during that border crossing and then as has happened over and over he was released because they didn't have enough space for detention and he made his way to the university uh, campus allegedly to commit this murder allegedly Um, I want to talk about Lake and Riley because that person deserves more coverage Um, Mm. this young 22 year old woman who was a regular runner, Brian. We see the picture of her in her nursing coat. Uh, She had been a student at UGA, right? But that she transferred to do nursing um, at a nearby university? That's right. She was at the University of Georgia. She was in a sorority at the University of Georgia. I mean, just look at her photos. She was bright and vibrant. She was smart. She had so many friends here. Everyone is so heartbroken. But yeah, she was at UGA. She transferred to Augusta University College. They've got a partnership program for nursing. So she was going through the nursing program now. She was a cross-country runner, a really, really strong athlete in high school, which makes sense why she was out running yesterday. She was on the dean's list. Um, she was just, people said she would light up the room. Uh, and that, that's what breaks my heart the most. I mean, she had everything going for her. I mean, you, you can see it. You can see it in the pictures. Yeah, um, I'll say her sister, uh, her sister posted something about her today. Do you, did you um, track that post down? Uh, yes, it's it's so sad. There, there was a there was a GoFundMe that it was just terribly sad. And then there was the Instagram post. If you want to put that up, I want I want to read this to you. This is what her sister posted on Instagram in part. She said the best sister and my built-in best friend from the very first second. This isn't fair, and I will never understand it. I will miss and love you uh, forever. And you can see the picture of them there uh, as children. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it just sort of leaves you speechless. I mean, especially since they didn't know I- each other. Her and the suspect didn't know each other. The, the blunt force trauma... Um, the, it's hard to wrap your mind around what happened to this, this young woman. You know, when I first looked at her, I thought she, was, she had a resemblance to Zana Kernodal, um, the victim in the University of Idaho killings. And here we are with another university campus killing. Um, Brian, break in and just let us know if you find out anything else as they continue to search that apartment behind you. Just no- notify um, the producers in the control room and we'll break into to coverage. In the meantime, we're going to carry on. Thank you for... Thank you for doing all that work there today. Brian Enton reporting live for us. So appreciate it. Thanks, Ash. 
So I told you before, there is an absolute laundry list of charges against Jose Antonio Ibarra. Again, here illegally. Crossed the border at El Paso in 2022. Released because there was a lack of uh, detention space. So here's the list. Malice murder, felony murder, aggravated battery, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, kidnapping, hindering a 911 call, and concealing the death of another. These charges tell a much bigger story than just Lakin was murdered. But it also, that leaves us with a lot of questions, that list. For instance, I don't see rape among that list of charges. I don't see it yet. Also, why would anybody murder a jogger in broad daylight, 9, 10 in the morning? What did he want? Joggers don't often carry money. And 911 call hindered? Why didn't the authorities track that call if it was a hang-up call? I want to bring in Phil Waters. He's a retired homicide detective at the Houston Police Department, has investigated more than 400 homicide cases. The list is um, extensive, Phil, and you know it can always grow, right? They have the right to add charges later. I do not see rape on this charge. I wanted to get your take seeing that list and what story that list tells us. Well, good evening, Ashley. I will tell you what it tells me is that the they had asked the chief what was the motivation here, and he said there was no known motivation. Now, there has to be motivation. There's uh, three reasons why people murder people, sex, drugs, or money. Uh, obviously, I don't think there's a drug component here. I don't think that he was there hijacking her, so that leaves the sexual assault part of this uh, as a component. I, it's my speculation, based on what we know, that this assembly of charges here is is to ensure that he's going to be tried for a capital crime. And yes, the death penalty will apply. So it'll be up to the prosecutors to see if they're going to pursue that. But uh, the reason you don't see sexual assault here is because it didn't happen. And I think that what this suspect's motivation was she may have been a random target, and this the chief used an opportunist, uh, a, a, a crime of opportunity, which it was. But I, I got to believe that this guy has been scoping this area out. It's next to the intramural fields. He knows that these college students are running across this area all the time, and he was there looking for this opportunity. And unfortunately, here comes Lakin, and it was the time for him to strike. And I think that the no. reason you have the sexual assault is because she fought him with such ferocity, he wasn't able to accomplish what he was seeking to do. God, I hope so. And I hope that, you know, they've got DNA under her fingernails that will tell um, an even clearer story. Just quickly, I only have 30 seconds left, but the, um, they're, they're, there's a charge of kidnapping and false imprisonment. Now, we know from the O.J. Simpson trial, ki- kidnapping can be, I moved you a few feet against your will. I get that. False imprisonment, though, does that tell you that they discovered her tied up? I don't know that they discovered her tied up, but he's keeping her in an area and not allowing her to leave. So that may be the the elements of false imprisonment in Georgia. That may be the component there for that charge. Uh, But like I said, they've got a whole host of charges here to ensure that he's going to be tried, if he is tried, uh, for a a capital offense. Then the next thing is, is that there's concealment. 
Uh, does that mean he tried to cover up the body, tried to obscure the body, maybe put the body in a, in a drainage culvert, some way to obscure, um, again, concealing the death of another? Well, it's my understanding that the I read the incident report that was uh, that was put out by the the uh, officer that found her and he finds her in the woods. So there I would I would imagine that there's a haphazard effort to try to conceal her body as he's making his escape. So uh, you, you've got the elements of several different crimes here all in one crime scene. So I think they are I think the prosecutors are covering all the bases here in terms of how what they're going to prosecute this the suspect for. You're right. And if they go after death penalty, they've got all sorts of aggravators that they can uh, they can throw on that list as well. Um, Phil Waters, as always, you know, so appreciate your um, your your information, your advice, your you know, your background. And it's just so sad that we meet for these things. Thank you, Phil. It is. I appreciate it, Ashley. Have a have a good evening. What's left of it. I know you too. His expertise is just so valuable when it comes to this kind of a story. Um, I have another story coming up after the break. When he throws down, the world tends to shake. John Cena, a titan in wrestling, a titan in Hollywood, breaking his silence tonight, and the former tough-as-nails champ goes a little soft on Vince McMahon. What did he say? And maybe more importantly, what didn't he say? That's next. We have heard from Vince McMahon's accusers, his critics, and his sworn enemies. And now, for the first time, we are hearing from his friends and supporters, including one of the greatest WWE superstars of all time, who just happens to also be one of the biggest names in Hollywood, John Cena. Just like everybody else, Cena has heard the jaw-dropping and filthy allegations that were made against McMahon by Janelle Grant and others. But unlike everyone else... Cena is choosing to stand by McMahon, even saying that he, quote, loves McMahon. He made the comments on the Howard Stern show. Here is some of that interview. Right now, what I'm going to do is love the person I love, be their friend. And by that, it means like, hey, I I love you. Uh, You you got a hill to climb. And, you know, there's um, the saying of like, hey, you, you you don't know who you are or you don't know who your friends are until the shit hits the fan or your back's against the wall. That, yeah. that doesn't make any of what's going on any easier to swallow. Right. But just telling somebody that like, Hey, I love you, man, this is going to be a hill to climb. Uh, we're going to see what happens. And, and that's that. I think it's, 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 it sounds so cliche, but it has to be one day at a time. But at the same token, it, I've openly said is, I, I love the guy. I got a great relationship with the guy. So yeah. that's, you know, that's that. No, I don't think that's cliche at all. That's kind of been my approach. One thing I do, and I say this to my wife all the time, I said, I'm going to pick up the phone and call the guy. I don't want to sit there and hide and say, you know, I don't want to be the kind of friend who then says, well, I'm never going to address this again. Yeah, I think my construct of trying to operate with honesty and communication, um, I think those are strong leads to handling any problem or, yeah. or any achievement. But, uh, the whole thing is super, super unfortunate. Yeah. That's, that's really the thing that sucks because not only does it deal with an individual I love, it deals with an entity that I love. Yeah. And 
uh, is one that I speak highly of. And you mm-hmm. want you want to make sure everyone. I want everyone to have the experience I had. I want if you're a, a employee at Disneyland, you want everybody to go to Disney and think it's the greatest place on earth. And when someone doesn't, or when you find out that there may or may not have been things going on there that, you know, this place I was speaking so great about, well, in some aspects needed a lot of work. That's more than just how do I feel about this person? You know, now I shift to, okay, am I doing all I can to, to make it better? Turns out Cena is not alone. Former WWE diva Dawn Marie is also speaking out about McMahon and the allegations against him. In 2006, Dawn Marie was fired from the WWE when she got pregnant, and she ended up suing McMahon and the company, and they settled back in 2007. So on paper, she seems like the ideal person to trash him, and yet when she appeared on the Wrestling Then and Now podcast, she had a lot of good things to say about him. So, okay, here is Dawn Marie on, on, on Vince McMahon. I'm going to read her exact words. Awesome working with Vince McMahon. It was professional. He was always respectful. I've had my lawsuit with Vince afterwards, and I had my own issues with Vince, but I have nothing but, I almost feel weird saying it. Like, when I worked with him, I had nothing but respect for him, even after the lawsuit. Business is just business. you got to handle it. And the reason why is, think about it. He ran this huge company. He was at every TV, okay? The owner, CEO, whatever, all of it. And you know what? I can knock on his door at any time if I had a question or a concern, and I would be allowed in to talk about the wrestling. I'm not saying I had 15 to 20 minutes. You know, make a point, get out. But he's always available. And I had nothing but respect for that. I want to bring in our friend Dave Meltzer. He is a respected journalist who covers pro wrestling and MMA. He is also the editor of the Wrestling Observer newsletter. So, Dave, like, hit me up here on the John Cena thing. It's it's making a lot of waves, a lot of headlines. What do you um what do you make of what he had to say to Howard Stern? I mean, he was put in a tough position. Every one of every person in the company, um, you know, at that at the level of John Cena, they don't really want to address this. But when you're asked directly, and he was on the show to promote something else, most likely, um, you kind of have to do it. And that was his answer. I mean, he's not going to ever be a guy who's going to say anything negative about Vince McMahon. And there are a lot of people like that um, for a lot of different reasons. You know, a lot of people have a tough time um, rationalizing this because they feel that they owe the guy their career and their livelihood and all their success is is a lot due to him. So they don't want to trash him. But um, at the same time, it becomes really problematic because when you read, you know, when you read the lawsuit, it kind of it grosses you out. So, um, so everyone let handles me ask it. you this. Um, Cena, you and I, everybody watching right now, you know that Cena has a squeaky clean um, image, right? And, and he's for huge most, in Hollywood. Part, he's sure. worth it. For the yeah. most part, yeah. So, and yeah. listen, he's done more Make-A-Wish visits than anybody in history. Um, but do you think that uh, supporting Vince McMahon is going to hurt him, or do you think it's not going to age well? I mean, think about this if this were Harvey Weinstein. These are allegations right now against Vince McMahon. But if you had said these things about Harvey Weinstein, and, and we were having this conversation today, you'd shake your head and think, what was I thinking? No, it won't age well. It won't age well. I mean, like five years from now, I mean, even today, you know, around people in wrestling, um, you know, somebody, um, some, someone who just had a match and they, um, they posted a picture of John Cena and there were people just kind of attacking him going like, uh, you know, not the right day. You know what I mean? To be posting something of John Cena. So, um, 
you know, I mean, a lot. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people, it was, very, it was a very negative reaction um, to a lot of people already. Super interesting. I got like 10 seconds left, but do you think the same thing for, for Dawn Marie or because she's not as big a deal, uh, it's going to fly under the radar? Yeah, she'll fly under the radar, sure. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, Dave Meltzer, I'm so appreciative. Every time we call, um, you're available and you've got the best insight in wrestling. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. Anytime. Good to talk to you again tonight. Okay, still to come. Uh, spent the day, I spent the day in prison yesterday with convicted killer Drew Peterson. You know, he's the Chicago cop who killed his third wife, murdered her, also suspected of killing his fourth wife. Uh, He has always maintained that he's innocent of everything. But in a bizarre moment, he may have confessed to it all. I've got a sneak peek of my exclusive one-on-one next. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Past two days, I was away from the show, out on assignment, and it was a pretty big assignment at that. I had a, an exclusive one-on-one interview with convicted murderer Drew Peterson um, in his maximum security prison. Notice that? Walks with a cane now. He has been behind bars now for murdering his third wife for more than a decade, and he hasn't given any interviews for a couple of years, and I met with him for over two hours yesterday. And I was surprised to see that he's... Um, Really different. First, there was the cane, right? That issue. He looks a lot more frail um, and older than he used to be. And actually, he stumbled and he almost fell when he got up at the end of our um, of our interview. We covered the gamut of Drew's life, his crimes, and his um, his insistence that he's innocent. The entire interview is going to run next week, but I wanted to give you a sneak peek of what to expect. And while you're watching, I want you to think about something. He wants us to believe that he did not kill two out of four of his wives. But if he did not, then you would think he would show some genuine concern about them when I asked. And instead, Drew Peterson insulted both of the women. He joked about killing them. And then he made a joke about not killing me. Take a look. I'm a journalist. It's my job to be tough. So you need to understand I'm, that, I'm, right? I'm cautious about you because they've screwed me in the past. As I am about you because it's our jobs. And I promise, unless you marry me, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to joke. I will guarantee you that's something, my friend. I promise uh, that I'm not going to kill you if you marry me. Not a joking matter since we're dealing with... Um, One dead woman and probably a second dead woman. Peterson was found guilty of killing that third wife, Kathleen Savio, a few months after their 2003 divorce. But she might not be his only victim. That fourth wife, Stacey Ann Kales Peterson, disappeared in 2007. She's never been found. Her family strongly believes that she was also killed by Peterson. Here's a look back at Drew Peterson's path to prison. 
Stacy Ann Kales was only 19 when she married a police sergeant from Bolingbroke, Illinois, who was 30 years older than she was and newly divorced from his third wife. Drew Peterson wasn't just newly divorced. He'd officially split from Kathleen Savio just eight days before he married Stacy. And Drew and Stacy had been dating for two full years before that, with her father's permission. The teenage bride had what can only be called a rough upbringing. One of her five siblings died in a house fire. And when Stacy was 15, her mother, Christy, vanished, never to be seen again. Drew and Stacy had two children together, and when Drew's late wife, Kathleen Savio, died in what looked like a tragic accident, Stacy adopted the kids from Kathleen's marriage to Drew. She was working towards a, a nursing degree at Joliet Junior College, and a friend told the New York Post, quote, she lived like she was on fire to be a better person, end quote. Unfortunately for Drew, better to Stacy meant single. She'd become increasingly suspicious about that accident that had killed the wife before her back in 2004. So in the fall of 2007, four years after she'd said I do, Stacy told Drew she was divorcing him. And one week after that, Stacy Ann Peterson disappeared. Drew told authorities she phoned him from the Bolingbroke airport saying she was leaving him for another man. Her family and friends didn't buy it. And with Drew Peterson's history, the questions started to gather steam from police, from the media, and from the internet. And not just about his missing wife, wife number four. Can you look me straight in the eye and tell me that you had nothing to do with the death of your third wife, Kathy, or the disappearance of your fourth wife, Stacy? I can look right in your eye and say I had nothing to do with either of those incidences. Kathleen Savio, the third Mrs. Peterson, was found dead in a dry bathtub months after she and Drew divorced, but just weeks before a critical hearing on child custody and finances. It was ruled an accidental drowning. But when Stacy went missing, suddenly, secretly, suspiciously, police decided it was time that Kathleen Savio's body be exhumed. A new autopsy revealed injuries to Kathleen's head, torso, back, and face. Her death was reclassified as a homicide, and an arrest came in 2009. Drew Peterson, then retired from the Bolingbroke PD, was charged with one count of first-degree murder. No physical evidence linked him to the violence in Kathleen Savio's bathtub, so the state relied heavily on hearsay, statements from witnesses who had heard things from other people. Hearsay evidence is almost never allowed, but Illinois lawmakers passed a notable exception that came to be known unofficially as Drew's Law. It allowed prosecutors to introduce statements by Kathleen and Stacy themselves. Statements Kathleen had made to her family and to the police, and statements that Stacy had made to her pastor and a divorce lawyer. Drew Peterson was convicted and sentenced to 38 years in prison. In 2016, he was convicted again, this time of soliciting the murder 
of the prosecutor in the Kathleen Savio case. Drew was given another 40 years behind bars for that one. All the while, Stacey Peterson's disappearance remains unsolved. No conclusive information regarding her whereabouts or her fate has ever come to light. And neither the husband she wanted to divorce nor anybody else has ever been charged. On Monday, we're going to air the first installment of my exclusive interview with Drew Peterson. It includes one moment that I think is quite revealing, a moment that caused the prison officials to tell us on the way out of the prison that Peterson's lawyers are not going to be happy about what he just said. You're going to see the whole thing on Monday and probably ask yourselves the same question that I was asking, bewildered. Did Drew Peterson just accidentally confess? to his wife's murders. That's Monday, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on News Nation. Still to come, the verdict is in for Rebecca Grossman. She is the Los Angeles socialite on trial for five charges, including murder in the deaths of two little boys that she hit while racing her Mercedes SUV with her boyfriend. That news breaking in Los Angeles tonight. Prosecutors say she was drunk and left the scene. She said it was her boyfriend's SUV that struck and killed the boys but the jury has had the last word and we have the decision right here and what it means for rebecca grossman next well and to support my family's immune health i choose airborne it has an unbeatable amount of vitamin c plus a unique blend of immune focused ingredients to turn up our immune support airborne Turn up your immune support. News tonight from the Los Angeles County Courthouse. The verdict is in in the Rebecca Grossman hit and run murder case. And it is guilty on all five counts against the wealthy socialite who struck and killed two little boys while racing her boyfriend in their Mercedes SUVs. This all happened back in 2020. The victims were two little brothers, eight-year-old Jacob Iskander and his big brother Mark, who was 11. The prosecutors say Grossman was going over 80 miles an hour in a 45-mile-an-hour zone and that the boys were in a marked crosswalk with their mom when she hit them. And what made it so much worse was that Grossman is charged with speeding away after the accident. Never stopped. Never returned. Her charges, two counts of murder, two counts of vehicular manslaughter with gross negligence, and one count of hit-and-run driving, guilty on all five. The jury deliberated for two days and then handed down their verdict just in the last few hours. Mark and Jacob's parents uh, came out front, and they spoke to the reporters just after hearing the guilty verdicts. My family, we've been waiting for this for three and a half years now. We've been waiting to... For, to trust the justice system. Um, so today we're just giving glory to God, the God of Mark and Jacob. He's been with us through that time. He helped us through. Um, he carried us. We are also super thankful for our prosecution. They've worked tirelessly three and a half years. They went above and beyond. To uh, They only cared about the truth. They wanted to tell the truth. They worked against some of the most... evil defense attorneys uh, but they've done their job and and we are now um, ready to start our healing process and we 
we're trusting the justice system. We have a justice system you can trust from our experience. It's not a justice system where people get away with things based on their color of their skin or their wealth or anything. If you commit a crime, you will be held accountable. So we're very thankful, and uh, it's now time to do good in the name of Mark and Jacob. So what's next for Rebecca Grossman? Her sentencing is scheduled for April 10th, and she faces between 34 years and life in prison. Her daughter was in the courtroom for the verdict, and she gasped and she cried. Coming up, a certain former U.S. congressman has no sense of humor when it comes to late-night laughs at his expense. George Santos is suing Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel pulled the ultimate bait-and-switch with Santos making a cameo on his show. But now Santos claims Kimmel is a fraudster. And while we all choke back the irony, Santos actually could be laughing all the way to the bank. We'll explain next. Hey everybody, Chris Cuomo here. News Nation is America's fastest growing cable news network. Delivering fact-based, unbiased news from all sides. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com. News Nation, news for all America. Action! When I grow up, I want to be a director. Because they get to talk to everybody about everything. They get to make cool movies and dance music videos. If your child is sick over and over again, it could be P.I a defect of the immune system that affects millions. Early testing can give children a chance to dream. And when I'm a director, I get to say, lights, camera, action. For more information, visit the Jeffrey Modell Foundation at infoforpi.org. That's a wrap. (laughs) Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this... It could be too late to save your truck, and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to OLI.org for info. I just got a text asking me to approve a bank transfer I didn't make. I bet you get messages like this, too. So much of our lives are online today, from email to banking and everything in between. To make sure my information was protected, I checked out CISA's Secure Our World website for simple steps to stay safe online. Now I know how to protect myself from scammers, and you can learn too. Go to CISA at cisa.gov forward slash secure our world. Hey, everything okay? Yes, I'm fine. Honey. Hey, I'm here for you. Tell me about school today. When kids can't find the right words, music can help them sound it out. Talk to the kids in your life about their emotional well-being. Find tools and resources at sounditouttogether.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. My name is DeMar Hamlin. I play for the Buffalo Bills. And I play safety. CPR saved my life. I've teamed up with the American Heart Association as a national ambassador to help create a nation of lifesavers, turning bystanders into lifesavers through CPR education and access to AEDs. Nearly three out of four cardiac arrests that don't happen in hospitals happen in homes. Join me to ensure everyone has the chance to live longer, healthier lives. Visit heart.org nation. 
This is Allie Bradley. Get my podcast, Bradley on the Border, at NewsNationNow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Smokey the Bear. Then you know why Smokey tells you when he sees you passing through. Remember, please be careful. It's the least that you can do. Don't play with matches. Don't play with fire. After 80 years of learning his wildfire prevention tips, Smokey Bear lives within us all. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. And remember, only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Are you prepared for an emergency or disaster? Because it's not a matter of if, but when. Don't find yourself saying, (laughs) When the storm rolls in, my time to find a pet-friendly evacuation center will have run out. The scorching heat wave will leave me powerless to cool my insulin. I'll face a hurricane without meds. Now that's a tough pill to swallow. Let's prepare so we all have a better story to tell. Get started at ready.gov slash older adults. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. If you're going to lose a gasket over a comedian fudging the truth for a laugh, you're not going to find much sympathy if you're an epic liar and a national punchline, a.k.a. George Santos. The former New York representative who was kicked out of Congress is so mad at late-night comedian Jimmy Kimmel, he's filed a lawsuit. He's alleging, of all things, fraud. (laughs) Let that digest. George Santos is calling someone else a fraud. (laughs) Kimmel had a running gag where his staff ordered up personalized cameo videos from the disgraced congressman. They pretended to be fans and they asked Santos to record silly things and then they played the cameos on the show. Uh, Here is a sample. All right, so this is the request. Uh, The request was, George, please congratulate my friend Gary Fortuna for winning the Clearwater, Florida beef eating contest. Will Santos say it? Let's find out. Hey, Gary Fortuna. George Santos here. I just wanted to stop by to congratulate you for winning the Clearwater, Florida beef eating contest. Santos claims he was taken advantage of and that he was duped. Yes, Santos is upset that he was duped. (laughs) The man who made it his brand to stretch the truth beyond its breaking point. Uh, He lied about his education, his family, his religion, his career. He lied about cross-dressing and so much more until they voted him out of Congress. But Santos uh, has now decided that fibbing is bad, and he's suing Jimmy Kimmel for $150,000 per infraction. Kimmel calls it, quote, the most preposterous lawsuit of all time, although some lawyers say that Santos actually has a case. By the way, um, Santos is still firing out those cameos for about 350 a pop. But if you order one, maybe keep it legit, lest he find his conscience again and then come for you too. That's it for us. Have a great weekend. See you back here on Monday. Cuomo's next. Christopher Cuomo is a very stable genius. Almost as smart as me. 
Easily the best man in the news business. And make sure you watch his show on News Nation. Check out his podcast. That's a presidential order. Wow. I mean, that, that gave me the vapors. I'm Chris Cuomo, and that was former President Donald Trump giving us a big endorsement. Or was it? Seems pretty obvious, right? But it's amazing how AI is getting over on people, especially in politics. I have it for you in just a minute, but we do have breaking news. Just moments ago, Georgia 